Hello and welcome to the Brickhead Blitz, the show where we talk about the NFL. And as you can tell by the tone in my voice, I am very sad because that means that uh, we have reached week 18 of the regular season. It's gone, it's done, it's dusted. Uh, we are now into the playoffs, which means I have to, you know, I have to start thinking about what I'm going to do post Super Bowl. Um, and currently, there's just not enough ice cream in the world. Uh, for that answer um, but yeah we'll, I'll try and savour this as much as possible uh, I am your host as usual the unusual Greg unusual underscore Greg on Twitter and on Instagram joining me as always is um, a guy who forgets to charge his headphones and then ignores me for half an hour while he pretends to actually be prepping for this show <laughs> I'm Smith which is at DRS underscore 994 on Instagram and Instagram only that's right, kids. I was eating crisp. Just a single crisp. Yeah, I just, it's just one really, really big one. <laughs> you know, like when you order those, you see those giant like pizzas they order on like yeah. TV, TV. It's just one giant. Just crisp. one crisp. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, technically, it'd be a, a potato scallop, wouldn't it? Because it's just a load of potatoes that they're mashed down into one big crisp. Okay, okay. I rate that. I rate that. Yeah. I was thinking like the, what the texture of that would be, and I kind of like got to like a burnt hash brown. Have you never had a potato scallop before? No. Oh, they're nice. Mm. They're not not hash browny as far as I remember. I haven't had one in a while. Okay. And don't forget to follow the podcast at Brick Cave Blitz and twi- on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, yes. This is the review and preview of the final week of the NFL and the Super Wildcard Weekend, as it's now known. Uh, what we've done to do on this, uh, rather than talk about all the games that happened in Week 18, we're going to talk about the ones that actually influenced the games that we're going to be talking about for the Super Wildcard Weekend. Um, we're not going to tell you what games they are at the moment. Uh, but if you do not hear the game you are interested uh, in listening to, what we're going to do is record another episode uh, this week, and that will include all the games that we're not going to talk about today, as well as the ramifications of the games that happened in Week 18. So we're talking about uh, potential free agency moves, uh, head coaching changes, uh, or head coaching firings, or coaching firings sort of thing. Um, and then, you know, the, the the kind of fallout from that. Did I did I hear you start, try and say something, bud? Literally right before you explained it, I was going to say, do you want to explain exactly what we're doing? And you just went straight into it. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough fair enough it's almost like sometimes i know what i'm doing yeah <laughs> I, I, I honestly did think that you were just gonna be like we're reviewing and previewing and then just get straight into it so i was just gonna but yeah no it's fine yeah. there we go there we go well whilst you were pretending to uh, prepare for this episode i was actually thinking about what i was gonna do <laughs> um okay so what I've done, we're not going to talk about this in the conventional order um, that we normally do. What I'm gonna, what I've done is I've grouped the games together that affect each other, and that was really simple to do because there was only two sets of two games that really affected each other uh, going into this. So 
Uh, first game we're talking about is the Pittsburgh Steelers as they go to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Um, now, going into this game, we knew that the Ravens had locked up the number one seed, so they'd locked up that uh, first round bye. What they'd done to pr further prepare for this is they sat a lot of starters. So that means that Tyler Huntley came out to play. Um, I think Justice Hill rested. Odell Beckham rested, all that kind of stuff. The Steelers still had something to play for, so they came out with the majority of their starters. Um, so yes, that happened. Um, this was a pretty subpar to average game for both mm. teams. Um, Pittsburgh eventually winning 17-10, to giving them uh, a good run into the playoffs we'll talk more about the Steelers situation in a minute but yeah a, a pretty average game Najee Harris actually had a really good game um which you know if you've listened to the show for the majority of this year you know would surprise me um because his production has just not been there for the majority of the season his average his average yardage has been there but his overall production whether that's play calling or just him not being you know, wanting the ball as much. Uh, Mason Rudolph started and had a very underwhelming yardage. He, completion-wise, 18 of 20, so really good uh, there, but only 152 yards and a touchdown. Smith, what do you think of this game? So I was going to say one of the things that, like, I think kind of defined this game was the weather. Mm -hmm. uh, it got quite, you know, uh, rainy yeah. in most of the game, and it, it you know, it, this game turned into like Fumble City. Yes. Just the ball being, I, I think some of the times it wasn't just like the ball being tackled out. It was literally just them, as they got hit, they lost grip mm. rather than like, you know, a fist actually going and punching the ball out type of yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there was there was a lot of fumbles and turnovers in, in that regard. And yeah, like, like you said, it was pretty subpar game. Um, but it was one of them. Like you said, it was the Steelers' game to win. They're yeah. the ones that needed this win. The Baltimore just, you know, want to get some guys on there to show that they actually, you know, still turned up to this game. They can't just go, you know, what you take the win. Yeah. So yeah, it it was quite underwhelming. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I mean, the entire third part, uh, third quarter was just punts. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, no no drive lasted more than three minutes. And it was Ravens punt, Steelers punt, Ravens punt, Steelers punt, Ravens punt. Fourth quarter, the Steelers got their all-important touchdown uh, and field goal to win the game. But yeah, uh, not not a great game overall. I mean, I think the most exciting and not even in a good way about this game was the fact that TJ Watt went out. That was mm. like the big sort of talking point of this. Yeah, okay, like you said, Najee Harris had one of his better outputs for the year. Um with 26 carries and 112 yards, and then five receptions for an extra 21 yards as well. So mm. he, he had a great game, but I think it was one of them because of the weather. It really did um, turn it into a game on the ground. If, yeah. if you can win it on the ground, you win in this game. Yeah. Uh, which, apparently, you know, the Steelers did a lot better yeah. uh, this week with that. But yeah, like I said, the, I think the biggest news was the fact that TJ Watt went out. But still one of the most high like really high productive game uh, defensively mm. eight total tackles six solo two sacks three tackle for losses and two qb hits on top of that yep um and the unfortunate thing about this is well the fortunate thing is steelers are in the playoffs yeah 
unfortunate thing about this is because he went out in this game, he's not going to be playing next week. He's already been ruled out by Mike Tomlin. Wow. That's tragic. That's going to really impact them. It's been a big joke on social media of a um, image where it's just J.J. Watt, but in T.J. Watt's uniform. And he's <laughs> like, but do you think they'll notice? <laughs> and for, I'm not going to lie, for a second, I, it it took me, it was like, do you think they're not? Oh, okay, yeah. It, it did take me a second to realise it was J.J. in his uniform. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, so... Yeah, the Steelers are already going into their playoff game down their biggest defender, really. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. That is really tough. That's going to affect them for sure. Um, yeah, I'm not really... I mean, don't get me wrong, there are some absolute dudes on this defense, but yeah, that that is going to affect them. We'll talk about that a little bit more later um, as we preview their game, whoever they might play. Um, I know, yeah. I know, I know. Um, but yeah, I, I think overall, overall this was an underwhelming game. But again, it's one of those where like one team was really trying and has been really unproductive for the majority of the year. Um, mm-hmm. You know that they they've had games where they've barely got to twenty points. This was again one of them, and the other team was like, this game literally doesn't matter. Yeah. The, the, the I mean, thing that mattered most about this game was Tyler Huntley trying to put something on tape so that maybe he can like go to a different team next year or something. I mean, like the, the biggest sort of no, it's not. A, I don't think it's a fuck you type thing, but I think it's sort of a, a really like we are resting everybody important to us type thing. Mm. Is the fact that obviously out of their five running backs that they have on roster, two are on IR, so they used all three of these, but one of them they just used in the receiving game. Mm. So yeah. Gus Edwards and Melvin Gordon were on the ground. Yeah. Just as Hill no, uses a receiver and that's it. That, so yeah. that, that shows their level of we're keeping everybody I that we've noticed that. out. Yeah, because like you said at the start, just letting him arrest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they they literally just everybody that they could yeah. that they want in, in the playoffs. So Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, stayed out. The thing is as well, they're confirmed to go to the playoffs mm-hmm. have been kind of have been for a while really um, yeah we could possibly see the return of Mark Andrews for their first playoff game Ooh. because it said that he would be back from injury for play uh, for, uh, at some point in the playoffs but obviously because they've got a number one seed mm. they've got that extra week off has he been designated to return from IR yet because if he hasn't then he can't play for another 21 days, I think. That would be something to look into. Um, but, yeah, that's I mean, he did that. say in, in the playoffs, so it, it could literally just mean the freaking championship game or the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah so. true. Yeah, all right. Um, but, yeah, Steelers win, and I think it was the win that locked them to get into the playoffs. Yeah, because I think that this game of them losing or tying is something that would define things for other teams, but because they won, they got through. Do you know what? I actually don't think it is. I think it's the next game that they're going to talk about. Oh, okay. Because mm. I'm looking at the playoff picture now, and they're the seventh seed, um, and one team that's out. 
let's just get into it. So the next game we're going to talk about is the Jacksonville Jaguars against the Tennessee Titans. Jacksonville went into this needing to win to lock up the AFC South. Uh, Tennessee were already out and just playing for pride. This was a bit of a bad showing for a team that's been so good for so much of this season. Um, too many turnovers, too many overthrown balls towards the end of it. Uh, Trevor Lawrence unfortunately showing that he was just not the clutch player that he needed to be uh, when it got down to it. Uh, Ryan Tannehill started this game uh, with Will Levis being out um, and had a much, uh, I would say disappointing, but it's kind of been the Tannehill experience. 17 of 26 for 168 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Derek Henry came back with a vengeance in this game. Pardon me. Um, and speculation about this being his potential last game for the, the Titans. He's not under contract. He becomes a free agent at the end of this season. Um, but yeah, 19 carries, 153 yards, a touchdown. That's really bloody good numbers. That's classic King Henry numbers. And King Henry and co. helped open up the AFC South as they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, what I believe happened in the playoff race is that with the Jacksonville Jaguars being knocked out by the Tennessee Titans, they were actually knocked out of the competition altogether, uh, which then opened up that final, or sorry, solidified those wildcard seedings. So then what needed to happen for the AFC South was either the Texans or Colts just needed to win uh, and we'll get to their game in just a minute's time. But yes, this was a game that uh, really defined the Jag seasons. Um, they went so well into the first half of the season then just crumbled at the end. Smith, what did you get from this this game? Like I said, I've said a few times this season, it's one of them that like sometimes if you just put enough pressure on Lawrence he goes back to being the inconsistent accuracy mm. uh, thrower um, and yeah I, I do get that you know they have been a bit uh, there has been a bit of an issue due to like some injuries but they've still got quite a bit of talent there that they should have been able to make something work yeah defense obviously fell hot like I thought they would yeah. be like a decent um combatant against what we've seen you know as a declining King Henry this season Yeah. but Jesus Christ they if anything they've rejuvenated him mm. um, quite in, insane to be honest the numbers that he put up on yeah what could be his last game for the Titans Yeah. Um, I did also feel like you know this was a bit of a, a revenge game because these two played each other last year and the Jags knocked the Titans out of the playoffs in yeah. quite a similar fashion right at the end of the season so it did seem a bit of a yeah we're going like if we can't have it we're taking you down with us type yeah. thing as you said Tannehill yeah, standard Tannehill really mm. not impressive at all no no not in the slightest not in the slightest um the interceptions one of them was not Lawrence's fault um it was a pass that uh, I can't remember, I think it was Evan Ingram, um, kind of bobbled um, and bounced it and the uh, defender was in the right place at the right time to catch it and corral it down. Oh, um, yeah, this was right at the end zone, wasn't it? No, this I think this was like 
the 30 yard line or something along that line. So there was another interception oh. that was in the end zone. Okay, um, that, that was to Engram as well, so that's why. Yeah, maybe maybe it wasn't to Engram then, but yeah, there was it was a, a bobbled ball that um, was caught by the defender. So not his fault entirely, but when they had three drives or something along that lines that Trevor Lawrence just overthrew him, uh, sorry, him being the receivers, um, too many times. There was like three, three, like four and outs that they just, yeah, could could not convert. If you're going to be an elite quarterback in this league, you cannot do that. That is just not acceptable in the slightest. And I say, I just can't... I can't wrap my head around what happened. Because, I say, they started off like 7-1 and one or something along that lines. And they just rapidly declined. Maybe it is literally just teams figured out, put enough pressure on Lawrence. But it feels like the defence... Yeah, you're right with the running defence. But there was, there was just aspects to this defence that... They couldn't. They never got to Tannehill. They never got to um, really affect that. I just, yeah, there was just too much going wrong for this uh, for this Jags team. Yeah, don't don't get me wrong. Like 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 the Lawrence thing is just a part of it. But it like seeing the numbers and there was still an interception, still two sacks yeah. on Tannehill. So that's kind of average. But yeah, the numbers that Henry's put past you and then even. Tajay Spears just on the three carries that he he made, the the defense was really the defining factor of this. But yeah, yeah, there's not not really anything else to say. No, no. So yes, so the result of this game made sure that the Steelers uh, locked up the seventh seed. Nothing could have changed that. So yes, we're going to move on to the game that affected a bit of the rest. So we're going to be talking about the Houston Texans as they go to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. Now, both of these teams started a little bit iffy in the first quarter. Um, Indianapolis only being able to score a field goal in the first and second quarter. Um, Houston scoring a touchdown in the first and second quarter. The rest of them were punts. There was a lot of punts in the first two quarters. Um... Then Indianapolis started to come back, but a missed field goal allowed uh, Houston to really capitalise on their already bit, uh, their advantage already, um, and they just never let it go. Um, Houston allowed a safety in the sec into the last quarter, but it didn't really affect things too much. Um, the final score of this game was twenty three to nineteen, meaning that uh, Houston take the AFC South, and the crucial fourth seed. Um, so, Smith, good showing from the, the Texans today, an average showing by the Colts. Um, first of all, I just want to do a little bit of a comparison between the Texans and the Jags, because uh, Texans come into this with a first-year head coach, a rookie quarterback. Um, they'd gone in quite hard in the draft to get the guys they wanted. Um and then you compare that to the Jags with their, you know, Super Bowl winning head coach, their three year, you know, starter, their the supposed franchise quarterback. Um, what do you see in the Texans that they were able to capitalize on this kind of game where the Jags couldn't see away their game? Hmm. That's quite a hard thing to really find the difference in. Mm-hmm. I guess the biggest thing really is just 
youth. Okay. Like obviously, Houston all around seem like a seem to be a much younger team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I don't know really. Um, obviously, CJ Stroud Stroud is just a massive difference maker and. I can't because it's not one of them that's like oh he's he's being made because of the players he's throwing to. He's more of a like quarterback that seems to be improving the game of his receivers. Mm-hmm. Whereas Lawrence, like if, if he didn't have great receivers to throw to, could have like really shit games. Okay. So I, I guess like it, it to me it seems the actual like talent in quarterback the actual natural talent is the biggest difference Um, yeah okay especially like you know with them being in the same division it's not even like us saying like oh they had harder or you know weaker opponents because Mm. they're up against each other quite a bit yeah to us i think when we started the season we definitely would have said that the houston seemed like the weaker side on both sides of the ball I don't know whether I completely agree with that. I think Houston's offense has really proved themselves to be a mega defining point of this team. Their belief in the youth, um, you know, with a lot of their players, especially, you know, the ones that are unfortunately out, like Tank Dell. Uh, Nico Collins has been a, a, a great revelation for them as well as CJ Stroud. I think there's... There's a lot to be taken into consideration, but yeah. Um, I didn't know whether there was something that sprung out to you for the difference maker, because as I say, with how Jacksonville started their campaign with Trevor Lawrence, it was a sh- like, a, you know, a very bad start and then a steady rise up, whereas Texans seem to have kind of dramatically gone into it. Um, okay, so then focusing on the match, what do you think was the difference makers between these two teams? Um, as you know, the the Texans almost started out the gate stro- a lot stronger. Um, you know, having a nine second drive to get a touchdown. I mean, yeah, CJ Stroud to Nico Collins was just insane this game. Yeah, like nine receptions and almost two hundred yards. Yeah, and a touchdown is in insanity. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess like they just they have quite a lot of receiver talent that they can rely on even when you know what they would consider their wide receiver ones yeah are you know down and out for the season they do have people that they can fall back on rely on and you know people that can step up to make that difference still um even you know like it's, it's not great numbers but if you're there and getting the reception andrew beck the is fullback isn't he i believe so um like yeah, if you're mm-hmm. there, like he got he got the touchdown. If you're there, that's better than you being this amazing player who's marked mm. all the time. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it just seems that all of them have this, you know, great mark of reliability about them. And I think as well, you know, Houston have kind of proved this season with their new players that they've brought in. They're consistent more consistent than other teams mm. like i think that that might that's one of the big issues with jacksonville as well they're they're, they're not consistent yeah yeah do you think there's an almost fearlessness about this Houston texas team because i can't imagine 
there's many teams that would go right. The first player of the game, we're gonna throw it deep to Nico Collins and just see what happens. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess fearlessness hmm. could be a word used for that. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, because there's a lot who might not have you know waited that extra second or two to let that play develop, and yeah. if they saw themselves getting surrounded, just throw the ball away to not take the sack. So. I guess it, it's also it's fearlessness, but it's I I I'm guessing it's also trust. Yeah. That the players yeah. are getting to where they need to be, when they need to be. Um, mm. So yeah, I, I think that's a big element with, like you said, this this younger side. They've all connected with with each other really well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so talk about. The Colts a little bit. Um, Jonathan Taylor had a great game. 30, recept- uh, 30 carries for 188 yards. Um, the rest of them... carries their... a lot. It really is. It really is a mega amount of carries. And it seemed like until, I think last season, maybe the start of this season, he didn't really seem up to carrying that amount. Mm. Um, maybe grew into the game a bit more. Um, Josh Downs had a fairly decent game, three receptions, four year yards, but the rest of the team not really helping out. Um, Weirdly, the the team this game has transformed into what we assumed they would be without Anthony Richardson there, where we were like, okay, they're just going to rely purely on the run game and not give a shit or not have the people to throw to as uh, as well as they can do. But, you know, Minshew proved us wrong for quite a few weeks and it, it just mm. seems to have now reverted to what we thought they were going to be, a, a pretty much just heavy run team. And uh, the thing is as well, looking at, you know, Jonathan, well, we just said it, 30 carries is a fucking lot. He also got two receptions as well, only mm. eight yards, but still eight yards. Yeah. If you take the one reception, I mean, one carry away from him that was for 49 yards... He did 29 carries for, what, 130 yards? Mm. That seems like a lot of carries for two to three yard carries. Yeah. That's that's really putting a strain on one of your biggest players who's, I think, went out twice this season for multiple games. I believe you're right. I believe you're right. Yeah. yeah. So I'm pretty sure he went out. Zach Moss took over. That was the big Zach Moss thing. Then mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor came. There's a bit of thing. Then Zach Moss went out. And then he came back. Then Jonathan Taylor went back. And then yeah. Zach Moss just never came back yeah. up to that that plate. But, um, yeah, really weirdly, they fell back onto the run game almost purely. Um, which I, I can't tell if that's just because they felt Jonathan Taylor was that healthy and, you know, is a great fucking player. Or it was them, you know, getting towards the end of the season having a bit less faith in Minshew. It's it's a difficult one. It is a difficult one. Um, Yeah, I'm not really really sure myself. Um, They could have won it. This was... It's it's not like the Texans came into this and absolutely blew them out of the water. Oh, yeah. They'd done enough in the first half to just make it a comfortable lead going into the finals. Um, but yeah, uh, Texans progress into the playoffs as the AFC champion. Um, sorry, the AFC think, South champion. I also think it you know it really helped 
Houston's like strain on offense, having their kicker kicker back. Yeah. Um, I think has been back for two weeks now. So, but, yeah. You know, before that they were like either having to use a backup running back for it or having yeah. to go for two points and stuff. Yeah, time. absolutely, absolutely. So that uh, really helps. Yeah, definitely, definitely, absolutely. Um, all right. We're going to move on and we're going to talk about one of the most disappointing games of the week um, and a, a, a game that wrapped up the NFC South. It was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Carolina Cam- Panthers. Uh, Panthers. Game finished three, uh, three field goals in it and nothing else. <sighs> Awful game. What yeah, say, yeah. Yet another NFC South game that involves mm. the Panthers and they're just being nine points scored by a single team. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this was a an extremely boring game. Um, I, I honestly thought that Tampa Bay would be a bit more dominant in this. Something I've noticed about the Tampa Bay Bucks is that they just... They seem to, when they win games, they seem to match their opponent. They never blow them out. Mm. And that's going to be a very difficult streak to beat if you cannot build momentum going into the playoffs. Um, This should have been a game that, you know, really set this team right. This this should have been a 25-30 point game. A 30 point win for the Tampa Bay Bucks and they get a confidence builder going into it. I don't know whether this was maybe like the head coach is going, look, we're not going to try against the Buck, uh, the Panthers um, and just see what happens. But again, that mentality doesn't make any sense because this was a crucial game. You lose this game, you potentially throw away the, the playoffs. Um, you know, the, the, the Saints and the Falcons game would have then determined what happened if uh, if if the Bucks had lost sort of thing. But no, the the Bucks done just enough uh, and the Panthers have to go into the se- into the off season and think about what they're going to do uh, probably nearly every position uh, on the field because there's yeah. not a lot that is redeemable other than Adam Thielen and Tommy Tremble maybe. Yeah. I mean it's weird to see as well that like um, this this game like had, you know, on Mayfield side, thirty two attempts passing, zero attempts and zero atte- interceptions. Like he clearly wasn't. I I guess you know there are risky plays that you know don't play out. That's mm. why you get interceptions. But he wasn't trying to go for any deep threats, which is what they've done quite a few times this season with yeah uh, Godwin and Evans and it. it I'd say at least 50% of the time it does pay off for them. So I guess they were just trying to play it as safe as possible. Um, yeah. Knowing that if all they needed was a fuel goal above Carolina and they've secured the division mm. type thing. So I, I don't know if like other teams obviously sat out players. I don't think the Bucks could afford to sit out players because there was that risk there just in case. Yeah. But they were playing as safe as fucking possible. Um I mean, like, on the actual Sunday, this is one of the very, very few games that I actually watched anything of live. Um, Literally before I left my parents' house to come back home um, on the Sunday, the last thing I saw was the DJ Chark fumble right before the end zone thing. Yeah. 
that was just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was... Even my brother, who's not into NFL, was in the room, and he went, what a fucking idiot. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of those moments where I get, like, you're trying to recover a little bit of pride in the season, but, like, you, ha- you already had massive yardage. If you just get out of bounds, mm. your team is right there on the doorstep. But yeah. then to try and force it to go through it all, yeah, it didn't make any sense at all. Yeah, no. It, yeah, it's, it's one of them. It, like anybody, what? I guess that obviously it is easier to say than do that. Like, you could have stepped out of bounds, or you could have, like you know, stepped inside. Yeah. And took the tackle and secured the ball, or even stepped inside to hopefully, like ankle break, sidestep the defender type thing, and then get into the end zone safely. Mhm. But there's a lot of ifs and buts. Carolina had. An absolute shitstorm of a season. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I thought, you know, Tuba Hubbard showed some flashes of being a good running back again. Mm. But it, it's clearly not. I don't think they have enough, like, in, like, O-line and uh, other players with, like, some skills blocking to actually back it up at all. Yeah. I was going to say, I think one of the, the biggest off-season kind of, you know, investigations for me if I'm part of the, the Panthers organisation would be O-line um, and then getting some kind of support uh, either you know a secondary running back or a, a really good tight end um, to get the, the you know the, the, the quick outs that Bryce Young clearly needs I mean that, that is a big thing that I don't think we men- we've mentioned talking about the Panthers and the fact that their tight end one, Hayden Hurst, did go mm. out in the season because of something quite major. Um, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. But I don't think Hayden Hurst is the big name. Oh, or, no, no. He you know, have been the reliable tight end. Like yeah. But it's just one of them. We've said all, all season that the only one he has to throw to is Thielen. But he did yeah. start off with a, quite a decent connection to Hurst. Yeah. Uh, it's just obviously he lost that. And then there's, yeah. there's been nothing. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think yeah. So the the biggest thing that they need to concentrate on is O line because I feel like if he is protected, I do think Bryce Young and obviously everybody saw it. That's why he was drafted first overall. Does have the talent? Mm. He's just not protected enough. Yeah, completely, completely agree. Completely agree. It, there's even times when he like doesn't make a a completion, throwing it out of bounds or something. It's because he's under pressure. Mm. Do you think there's uh, a defensive issue as well that maybe the the defense maybe a, a a good couple of cornerbacks or like you know some linebackers should be able to give the offense the time it needs to find out you know these these rhythms. Um, there's definitely some changes, but like personally myself, I don't have the knowledge to okay That's say what fair. that would definitely be. Yeah, completely. Completely. Um, all right, we're going to move on from this game then, because I say this game depresses me. Um, and yes, we're going to move on to a game very close to my heart and a game that knocked out uh, a few teams. Uh, this was obviously the Chicago Bears coming to Lambeau Field to take on the Green Bay Packers. Um, Green Bay 
didn't start off on the best of footings, um, allowing a field goal and then having a missed field goal in the first quarter. Um, but very quickly they put that right, taking a touchdown, allowing another field goal, and then a bit of bad clock management uh, from the offense meant that they couldn't capitalize on the end of the possession uh, uh, going into the half. Didn't matter though because they came out into the second half firing on good amount of cylinders. Jordan Love had a fumble, uh, but they finished off strong enough uh, that they didn't need to worry about it. The Packers win 17 to nine and go through to the playoffs as the youngest team to play uh, to get to the playoffs since 1978. Uh, Jordan Love obviously doing something that Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers couldn't do and taking their team to the playoffs in their first season as the franchise quarterback. Um, I've talked about this a lot. Um, young team, uh, you know, a great head coach that has, has transitioned and taken on this team quite well. Uh, there needs to be uh, some coaching changes going into the offseason, I believe. But yeah done enough and got two over those bears um to make it a very one-sided rivalry uh smith let me know what your thoughts are on this game i mean like i'll, I'll say straight off the bat my biggest surprise was um justin fields being sacked that much mm. like with the issues that you've had defensively this season i, I genuinely did not expect that at all um, okay. especially Justin Fields being that player that is very good at escaping uh, tackles and the pocket and, you know, scrambling out to get some extra yardage with his legs. I genuinely didn't expect that um, defensive output. Um, <clears throat> I do also, like, not, not to put a dampener on your defense at all, because obviously, yeah, I think that's amazing. I do also feel like the offensive, like, coaching and play call in this match it felt really like forced, like they were trying to force the pass and make him stay in the pocket. Yeah, because I got that as lot, well. Yeah, there was a lot where like he, I would it was like he would usually you know drop back a, a couple of steps and then scramble out where, but he wasn't. He was, you could see the pocket just collapsing on him and he just stood there and took it. Yeah, um, yeah. I was say I was going to say you know our our edge rushes and and our nose tackle sort of thing they've not been the problem. But again, it's been one of those things where we have really struggled against mobile quarterbacks and struggled against a run game sort of thing. Getting to a standing quarterback has not seemed to be a massive issue. But again, I, f I feel exactly the way you do that, you know, it seemed that they got too far behind. and were like, Justin, we need you to just not be Justin Fields right now. Can you be somebody else? And he was like, cool. I'll, I'll be Tom Brady and I'll stand completely fucking still. Or Matt Ryan and I'll stand completely fucking still. Um, yeah, I, it was a painful watch, um, you know, to, to, I say I was happy because I say at the end of the day, fuck the bears. Yeah. Um, but to watch that happen, I don't know whether that was a coaching decision or whether, the, you know, something just changed about that offense, but yeah, it was not, not pretty to watch. Yeah, it was quite, it was, it was one of them that like the bears, I think the big thing circling the Bears at like at the moment is you know what they're doing next season, whether they're sticking with Fields and or drafting a new QB, mm. QB and stuff, and the, like them trying to force him to stay in the pocket more doesn't 
give off a good sign. No, for, what, either way you're doing it. No. Um, because it's really, not... if you're going to keep him for the extra yeah. year or whatever, you're going to try and force him to be a different type of quarterback, which I, he, I don't think he is. No, no. And I say, like, their 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 offense just did not seem to to produce at all. Justin Fields, eleven of sixteen for one hundred forty eight yards. Going into the rushing game, they only had Khalil Herbert twelve carries for twenty eight yards. So that's a less than a three yard average. And as I say, I think this might be some of his lowest rushing numbers. Eight carries for twenty seven yards. Um, yeah, just not great at all. The connection to DJ Moore is still there, but yeah. again, it, some something when they just hey, there was just nothing, nothing to get excited about if you are a Bears fan. Um, I'm not I've, again. I, 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 it's not for me to say that they should get rid of Justin Fields. Personally, I think he has the potential to be a great quarterback, but I just think the Bears are so used to mismanaging quarterbacks that they don't know what to do with a good one at this point. Yeah, I, I think the like past seasons they've kind of done this what they've done in the in this game where they've tried to force him a bit more as a pocket pass because they see the output from other quarterbacks and like you sh- we need you to be that yeah but then like when they allow him to be him he's a much better quarterback so like he he has more control of himself rather yeah. than being told what to do but then i also think oh they've, they've kind of done that at the start of the season but then as the season's progressed been like no 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 we we've seen how lamar jackson's improved when they've sort of mm. forced him to pass more so we're yeah. going to try that on the last game of the season yeah absolutely absolutely uh yeah there's a lot that needs to happen in that room but yeah um all right yeah. were Your you side? kind of expecting uh the packers to to be this team were you expecting them to get to the playoffs at all um th- th- at the start of the season no i thought this was going to be a a young sort of learning year but mm-hmm. with with some good results scattered throughout um it was just going to be one of those years that's don't just kind of miss the mark, but you've mm-hmm. got you've got extremely good young talent, and it's going to be your years in the future. Yeah. So it yeah, don't get me wrong, it was a surprise, but if any, they they fucking deserve it. Um, the the young guys, especially in the receiver room, yeah, just the the output that they can uh, create is is quite insane. Um, yeah, absolutely, and I think are great. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, Wicks was fantastic. Um, I think getting Aaron Jones back at healthy really, really lit a fire under these guys. They allowed them to be a lot more creative. Bo Melton had a couple of good runs. Um, If they can get AJ Dillon back for the playoffs, that way they can have a bit more freedom in the running game. But I think uh, Patrick Taylor is... um, is is our backup for if that does not happen. Um, j- shout out to Jane Reed four receptions, 112 yards, which set up a couple, uh, which set up at least one of Dontavian Wicks's touchdown. Having Kraft and Musgrave back in the lineup, mm-hmm. uh, really, I say Musgrave back in the lineup after his his injury, and Kraft is continuing this good run of form. Uh, both of them were fantastic. Um, Romeo Dobbs got unlucky uh, not to pull in his recept- his touchdown. Um, he just couldn't survive the ground. Yeah, this was a great game for a young offense, and I say our our defense really stepped up. Um, you know, Luke Van Ness proving that that. That first round pick, 
might have been used well. Might might have been used well. The Packers might have known what they were doing. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm chuffed a bit. I think there was for me there was a stretch of two to three wins where I was just like, I'm starting to get a little bit of hope, and I don't know whether that's dangerous or not. Mm. And I say yeah. I I I just I say this this game was this game kind of solidified. It wasn't a massive. Uh, massive win for us, but it it was enough of a win to get us in. And um, yeah, the last time the Packers beat the pair the Bears to get into the playoffs uh, was Aaron Rodgers's only Super Bowl win. So could history repeat itself? Who knows? Um, but yes, this game knocked uh, a few teams out of the playoffs and wrapped them up as the uh in as into the playoffs and a game we're going to move on to a game that wrapped up the sixth seed because this was a game that if uh it had gone a different way would have meant the packers would get the sixth seed um so the los angeles rams go to san francisco to take on the 49ers now as we know the 49ers uh, had already wrapped up the first overall uh the first seed and were resting a lot of their players. Uh, Christian McCaffrey had no influence on this game. Um, Brock Purdy also had no influence on this game. Uh, as I well think as Kittle this, was out as well. Sorry, I think Kittle was like I. I don't know if he was out or as in yeah. like he sat him out or he just had no output on the day. I think he was sat out. I, I believe he was sat out. Um, as same as this, uh, the Rams decided to sit some uh, the, some of their starters as well. Um, Carson Wentz started this game um, instead of Matt Stafford. Cooper Cup d- was not uh, lined up for this at all. Puka Nakua got very little uh, in the way of um, actual game time because he got on there for four receptions, 41 yards to wrap up uh, the two rookie records of receptions in a, in a rookie season and yards in a rookie season. Yeah. So congratulations yeah, like, to Nakua. Those records were set in like 1960 as well. So like those records have been set and unbeaten for like 80 years. As well to remember is that those were, I believe at the time, 12 game seasons, potentially 14 game seasons. So that... If if that just doesn't highlight how much, you know, how much it's taken uh, to get to break those records, I say it's impressive. It's very impressive. Um, but yeah, those I say, well done to Puka Nakua. Um, this game was a bit back and forward. Um, two possessions in the first quarter that both led to touchdowns. Um, San Francisco getting an uh, Elijah Mitchell run in. Um, Puka Nakua getting that first touchdown uh, for. The Rams touchdown to open up the second quarter for the um, 49ers and uh, went throwing an interception, which led to a missed field goal. Uh, a little bit of uh, back and forward going into the final um, quarter and a fumble, an all-important fumble, uh, led to the Rams winning this. But there was, as I say, it was a ballsy play uh, where the... Rams went for a two-point conversion after a touchdown, um, and it came off. And yeah, so this game was won twenty-one to twenty in favor of the Rams. Um, Smith, what are I say? I know that 
it, the game didn't matter in terms of who was going to get to the playoffs. It mattered in terms of really just the Rams seeding. Mm-hmm. So neither team was really going, going for it. But what precedent does this set that even when both teams are sitting their starters, they can still outperform a good amount of teams in the league? Yeah, I mean, I think this was uh, a bit of a like spec on the board type thing mm-hmm. because the second that you know the Rams didn't have their starting running back, their highest output in rushing yards was Carson Wentz. Yeah, like if you. If this was their team and they were against fully healthy, and not, I'm not saying fully healthy Fortnite, it's fully healthy, and you know, uh, starters aren't for other teams, say even like the Titans or something like that. There's a bit of like me having disbelief that they would be able to win that. Okay. Regardless of like the win, I feel like there was just certain things that went their way. It wasn't them outskilling the uh, 49ers at all. So you think this was a case of, like, because both teams were also kind of resting their defences, um, mm. this this would have gone completely different if they say, you know, it was just the offence they were resting, not, de- not the defences as well. I get that. I get that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Because yeah. even with a rested defence, the, like, first actual running back up is Ronnie Rivers, who, as far as I'm aware, hasn't played any games this season for them. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, and he, 13 carries, 52 yards. But don't get me wrong, is a good out, a decent output. But if the running back's doing more than you, I, 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 you, you've sort of failed in the run game in my eyes. Okay. Uh, Ronnie Rivers has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven game. This was his seventh game appearing uh, for the Rams, um, having uh, a maximum of nine uh, rushing attempts for forty-seven yards in Week Four. So this was his biggest game, his biggest influence on the game. Um, but he has had uh, receptions in in that game against the Colts. He had two receptions for ten yards. So, in fact, that was his biggest influence on the game. But this was his biggest game as a running back. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I say he's not, he's not, you know, out of it, out of it. And this was his second year at the Rams, uh, having uh, played eight games last season. Um, so he's not green, so to speak, but he's definitely not their first choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, just... Just shows that even you know the Forty Niners backups could put up a fight and bring the scoreline this close. Yeah. Just doesn't have me in belief that this this team would be yeah, in the playoffs if they played the entire season with no. this starting lineup. That's fair, completely fair, completely fair. Um, I just thought it was. Uh, I say even, even I say yeah, all right, fair enough. Maybe if we we downgrade this to a college level game, uh, it was still exciting. Uh, back and forward games. Um, but proving really that Carson Wentz and Sam Darnold are probably not ready uh, to lead teams into um, uh, as an actual franchise quarterback or starting quarterback. 
Well, I don't know about Sam Darnold, but I think Carson Wentz has already passed the time where he could lead, and now he okay. will just be a full-on backup. And no, that's fair. Uh, I mean, I mean, not. I don't even think he, he's going to, you know, be a, a backup, a straight backup on teams anymore. I think he's he's seeming more like a last resort QB. <laughs> Poor Super Bowl winning Carson Wentz. Oh no, he like he went downhill so fast after that Super Bowl, which he didn't even play in. Yeah, yeah. Best season of his career was saved by Nick Foles. Um, (laughs) All right, we're talking about that Eagles team. We're going to talk about the Eagles as they go to New York to take on the Giants. Um, And this was a bit of a shit show. Um, New York sprung out to a massive, massive second quarter uh, win. Uh, They had 24 points going into the half. Um, uh, Philadelphia had put up nothing. So they had a 24-point lead going into the half, and Philadelphia just never recovered from that. Um, I don't know what to say about this game because it feels so... I don't. I can't bring myself to say that I think that the Eagles had a slump and therefore was trying to rest people going into this game, but I, I it just it it feels somewhat like that. Do you think? See, right? Did did they give people a full rest, um, or was it like a first half thing? Have players on but then mm. the score went that way and they were like no fuck fuck this yeah we're, we're not going to push you to try and get this win because we don't actually need this win i feel like you're right i feel like there was a lot of disappointment going into the first half not a lot of team cohesion and yeah when you got to the half they were like no we're sitting guys mm. so yeah that's when marcus mariota come out that's uh probably when like Olamide Zacchaeus and and all of those guys just took because I mean like I I know like obviously AJ Brown and um, Devontae Smith have slight injuries to them Mm. so I think AJ Brown's one is is an ankle thing so it would have been one of them where it is literally like we'll we'll put you on to see but if if we go too far yeah there's, there's times when you most teams like in the middle of the season we'd be like we need this win so we're gonna um, risk things a bit more. There's no need to win this game, so we're not going to risk anything. Just put the backups on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, you got to feel like this was a missed opportunity for the, the, the Eagles to go in with momentum into the playoffs. Um, they're already on a, what, four-game losing streak, I think? Um... And as I say, they are. Who are the Eagles? Yeah, I think so. No, no, no. They were oh. on a. They were on a three. Okay. They beat the Giants. Right. And then they've lost the next two. So. Right. Okay. They've they've lost five out of six in the okay. last six weeks. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Um, I thought it was the opposite way around for some reason. Um, but yeah, you got to... <clears throat> there's this just not and I say like talking about the, the the previous loss to this 
when all of the Eagles players come off really dejected, really down, you'd have thought they'd have tried to go out there and just push this game to win, um, to, to, to build up that, that belief, that momentum. But it feels like, yeah, they're going into this this playoffs really dejected. Do you, do you feel that that momentum is going to be key in their playoff run? Mm, yeah. Yeah, because, like, it's weird. I think they started off the season good, and it was always one of them that was like, oh, there's things that we can improve on. Mm. Um, but weird, like, other teams were like, oh, no, there's things we need to get right. And then yeah. halfway through the season, it's like, okay, we've got them better. We need to improve on them now. Weirdly, the Eagles started off with like, oh, we need to improve on these things. And then, like, halfway through the season, it's like, oh, we're making these mistakes too much. We just need yeah. to get those things right again. But they've not been able to get them right in these past few weeks. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's, you know, due to a couple of odd injuries here and there. But, yeah, it's it's not it's not been great as, like, this network of uh, cohesive players type thing. There's been there's been gaps that have just like let them down. Yeah. Um, and I get that everybody blames like the uh, secondary defensively. Mhm. But I don't th- think that that's been their biggest issue at all. Like I can't put a pin on what their biggest issue has been. Yeah. But I don't think that that is that backfield has instantly been like yeah we're letting points in every single game and it's it's a bit like you know that Lions team from uh, the other year where they on the backfield just let too many points in that the offense couldn't come back from type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, completely. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's a infection all over unfortunately. Mm. Okay, just a quick little mention about the Giants obviously that they were out going into this uh, game. Um Still concerns about who their starting quarterback is. Terod Taylor helmed this game for the most part. Uh, Tommy Cutlets DeVito came in uh, for a little bit at the end. Um, Saquon has been uh, talking about uh, how he's potentially going to be franchise tagged again. Um, do you think this will? This is going to, you know, what, what do you see this team being? Uh, come week one of the next year, do you think it's potentially they're going to believe in Terod Taylor, make him the starter, and then build around that? How do you see the Saquon deal going? Um, and uh, have you got any other thoughts about this New York team? So on the Saquon front, they uh, they just need to not take the picks. Mm. I mean, otherwise he's he's I I don't know I don't think he's not going not like purse like purposely not perform because I don't yeah. think he's that type of guy. I think when he steps on that pitch, he's going to play his best no matter what his situation is off the pitch. But yeah, just don't I don't think they should take the pitch as much as like that is a option. Uh, it's just a bit of a scapegoat and I think it's just going to rub in the wrong way and he's just going to want out so much more. Yeah. Because there are teams that will be willing to it might not be a lot more because of the whole running back situation and everything. Yeah, there will be teams who, for a player like that, will be willing to give him that little bit more. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what they're gonna do with the whole dime situation. I mean, they they pump so much money into him. They've they've also got some belief, so I assume that's what they're gonna try and stick with. I do think it was really really funny that today I saw a, a clip of 
literally somebody in the locker room asking Daniel Jones if they think the Jet, uh, the Giants should concentrate on drafting a QB <laughs> this season, or they should rely on him. And he like looked so shocked and was like, you know, I've got belief in myself. Yeah. That's just so funny to me that somebody walked up to him, put a mic in his face and went, do you think they should replace you? (laughs) Do you think you're shit? (laughs) (laughs) You and um, Caleb Williams, who's taking that in the fight? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I think with development, I think Taylor and DeVito are really good backups. Um... And I think, I think you know, I think they've proven they they can be reliable when, like this season situation, Daniel Jones has gone out for the rest of the season. I think their biggest concentration should be protecting that QB position, regardless of who's there, because that O line's been very very poor, and yeah, the cause of that situation in the first place, really. You yeah, know, absolutely. Getting hit every single game. Yeah, yeah, I completely get that. All right, um, and the big story for this game was that um, if the Philadelphia Eagles had a won and the Dallas Cowboys had lost, the Philadelphia Eagles would have been the first team in NFC in recent NFC East history to repeat winning the East. Um, uh, the either a Cowboys win or a Philadelphia Eagles loss would have wrapped up that division for the Cowboys and made it so that that history that record is not broken. Uh, both of those eventualities happened. The Eagles lost and the Cowboys beat the Washington Commanders in a pretty massive knockdown. Um, Dak Prescott threw for thirty one of thirty six. Uh, for 279 yards, uh, which brought Cooper Rush in for the end of it because job done. Tony Pollard had a very good day of production, 17 carries to 70 yards. Ricky Dowdle, uh, Rico, Rico Dowdle uh, contributing as well. The big story for this one was C.D. Lamb, 13 receptions for 98 yards. Massive production, two touchdowns there, one of which was so beautiful. He got to the end zone, somebody was tackling, he just readjusted the ball and, and poked it over the line uh, a risky maneuver unless you're cd lamb um but a very good uh game for the offense the uh the defense doing exactly what they needed getting to sam howell and pressurizing him um as he throws for 153 yards one touchdown and two interceptions proving once again that the washington commanders really need to figure something out um just a quick one on this what did you think of this game, Smith? And uh, yeah, what are what's the kind of mentality with the commanders going into the off season? Well, I mean, I think you know the commanders are having big coaching changes that we'll get into in another episode and stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, that that QB position needs sign out because they, they they clearly have some talent at running back, some talent in the receiving core. Um, Offensive coach, the enemy. Obviously, I think he is able to scheme up great because all season, regardless of who they've been against, they've been able to put up a bit of a fight. Yeah. Not always, you know, completely dominant. Some games they have been, some games, unfortunately, they haven't. This team, like the Cowboys, have been extremely dominant to most people that have come up against this season. 
if you know you, you were going into this, I, I honestly would think that you, you'd look at this and think, I don't know, the Cowboys would you know hold the Commanders to field goals or something like that. Yeah. So for them to even put up a, a touchdown in the first place is quite impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think their changes will be more off the field, and if there are player changes, it's got to be defense. After what they've gave away this season, they've got to have a plan in place to like fix that uh, yeah. side of the ball up. Um, because, you know, offense isn't stacked, but there are good players. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. So, yeah, I think, you obviously, offense, the QB is the thing you need to concentrate on. But then, yeah, actual team-wise, defense and then coaching. Really. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. Um, the other story I wanted to cover in this is Aubrey had the chance to go 100% in the season. Uh, and he missed his only two this season. One of them was blocked, but one of them was a genuine miss. Um, how much of a a kind of revelation has he been for the kickers in the league? Because kickers seem to be really inconsistent this season uh, and probably have been for the last two, maybe three seasons. Um, and he comes in almost a rank amateur, just decided to try it out one day and he's been perfect um, for the majority of the season. Well, it wasn't he a soccer player before this? No. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, I know another block. It was the one he missed. Was it a proper miss or was it a, a doink off the? It was a doink. Block? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So even them, like, not his that's fault what, really. An inch or two of wind mm. that changed that. There, there has been kicks that we've seen over the, especially like this season and over the past three seasons where they have been massive misses. Yeah. And consistent, especially for this fucking Cowboys team. Was it last mm. year? Yeah. Where they miss like five on the trot. Something like that. Something ridiculous like that. Yeah, he's been in a one and a revolution for the team and two, yeah. I think a, a great um sort of poster boy for the actual kicker position because I think a lot of people feel that, you know, kickers are are pointless in this, this sport because it's more on the ground contact type thing. But we have seen games where you know you, you literally just need to get into a certain position, have a good kicker, and you can still win the game type thing. Mm-hmm. He's been a good poster boy for, you know, obviously accuracy-wise, being that helpful safety net. Um, yeah. And I, I think I, I definitely said in the ones where I did the episodes on my own, he's 100% going to be, like, second ki- setting kicker records Yeah. Uh, over the next few seasons. Yeah, so any uh, college kickers or, you know, high school kickers uh, in the Americas, uh, take a a leaf out of this guy's book, Uh, just play uh, soccer, or as we call it in the United Kingdom, football, um, and just learn to kick properly. Which team is it that has, like, I think they have a kicker from Australia, so they possibly got a kicker from, like, Rugby, who, because in rug, like, so a big difference between rugby and NFL is when you score in the NFL, you still kick from the middle. Yeah. In rugby, wherever you score on that, yeah. in the, that's like the position you kick the ball from. So you've got to be a lot more accurate because you're kicking from different angles at the time. So I'm sure somebody has like an Australian kicker. I'm not 100% sure about that. I know um, the Browns had. 
uh, Jamie Gillian, who was the Scottish uh, punter. I'm not 100% sure about an Australian kicker. Um, if anybody's listening to this and going, what the hell are you talking about? Just, like, YouTube, like, Johnny Wilkinson highlights. Um, he was a very famous English kicker um, in in the rugby Oh, I've no idea about Rugby Cup or Rugby Union or Rugby League. I'm not sure about any of that at all. Um, but some of the angles that he used to kick from were insane. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, I, I know who you're talking about, Scottish. The, I think the one I'm talking he's not a kicker, he's a punter. Okay. Uh, but he's he's active here for the Saints. Ah, uh, there we actually, go. Actually okay. got picked up this year. This is his first year in the NFL. There you go. There you go. All right. Awesome. Right, we're going to move on to the last game of this week. And this was a hugely crucial game uh, as the Buffalo Bills go to Miami to take on the Dolphins. Um, this game decided... Um, if, if other games hadn't have gone the right way, this game would have decided whether the Bills won the AFC East or potentially got eliminated. Uh, the Dolphins were in... Regardless, they were either going to be the um, second seed or third seed or this and the other. But yes, other games went the way that the Buffalo Bills needed to. So it was a win and win the division or lose and still go through as the fifth seed. Um, a hugely important game. A very slow and disappointing game to begin with. Uh, neither team scoring points in the first or third quarters um, and very sloppy QB work in the first quarter starting off with three interceptions um, off the bat um, so literally the drives went interception for the Dolphins interception for the Bills punt for the Dolphins interception for the Bills um, and then the team started to come alive uh, with Dolphins putting an 80 yard uh, chain together to uh, finish with an Akane uh, touchdown uh, the Bills doing something similar to get a uh, Sherfield touchdown. And I say, it kind of went back and forth. Uh, the third quarter was punt, punt, fumble. Um, but the Bills had a massive, massive 96-yard uh, uh, kick return in the uh, fourth quarter to get a touchdown, which gave them the momentum to win this game. 21 to 14 um how did you view this game um going into it and what were your expectations and did they live up to them so i uh, yeah <clears throat> going into this i 100 percent expected josh allen to throw at least one pick i don't think <laughs> i would have put about that easy yeah um i did think it was i think when we discussed this in review it was one of them that like we felt that the Bills have the more overall team because mm. Miami have a lot of injuries going on at the moment. So their um, game where it would usually be like Hill, uh, A-Chan, Mostert, uh, Waddle, um, obviously just out of those four, 50% are out. Um, so there was a lot. It was a lot easier of a job for the Bills defense to concentrate on certain players and shut it down that way. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think they did a great job of shutting down Hill. Um, I mean, he still got seven receptions, eighty-two yards. Good game for him. But 
only getting seven com uh, completions out of 13 targets. That's that's quite good for marking Hill up yeah. with how fast he is in the play. Um, yeah, when it started out, I did think, oh, this game's going to go to shit yeah. <laughs> because of the interceptions. And I think the worst part about it is both Bills' interceptions were, were literally in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Like, they'd done all that work to get down the field yeah. and then yeah. blew it. Um, so I thought it, that was, like, going to be the sort of curse on this match. That, like, you're going to put, put in so much effort and the stats are going to look so much better for you, but Miami are going to come out with a win. And then, yeah, it, it just sort of turned around um, in that fourth quarter. Uh, they definitely, you know, put up more of a fight. I don't know if that was because of... Like I said, Miami have those injuries, so the players have got on there would be weared down a bit faster. Um, and was it last game or the game before? One of their big defensive players went out. Um, what's he called? Fucking Chubb. Is it Bradley Chubb? Uh, yes, I, I believe you're right. I think it was the yeah. game before. Yeah, so they've they've had a bit of an issue on, on defence at the moment, try to patch those holes up. Yeah. Uh, I, I did think James Cook would have a bit of a bigger impact in the run game because of that, mm-hmm. uh, but clearly, you know, they, they didn't have after that first quarter, they had a bit, a uh, bit more of a presence in the passing game, so relied a lot more heavily on that. And then Josh Allen, you know, physically using his body, which I think yeah. was something we did bring up that we said we'd expect if James Cook wasn't going to bust through those holes because the defense wasn't there. Yeah, that Josh Allen would. It literally go into bully mode. Definitely, definitely. Um, biggest disappointment from this game was uh, Tua for me. Um, Seventeen of twenty-seven, one hundred seventy-three yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. I completely get it. You know, he's missing a lot of those like distractors slash outlets. Um, he still managed to find Hill seven times for eighty-two yards, but. The rest of the time was just not there. Um, so I'm not really sure to make of this. I think this is going to be a potentially one-and-done team in the playoffs. I'm not really sure what to make. Unless those you know those big injuries can come back and make an impact. I'm worried that this is going to be a bit of a flop year uh, for McDaniels going into this. Yeah. I mean, it's one of them as well, like... If you take away Hill and his production, mm. all all Tyreek did other than that was ten completions for about ninety one yards. Yeah, which it isn't great. That's like what we're seeing from backup QBs, like the Giants and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so that yeah that that isn't great. I don't and don't get me wrong, Buffalo have a good good defense and mm-hmm. yeah they've lost some key players but have managed to stay quite consistent in like putting pressure on and everything so i don't i think that may have had a bigger impact than we thought it would have uh, had uh to begin with like yeah. i was just thinking oh he's, he's out of these options offensively but when you're out of those options offensively and have somebody in your face every other play yeah um especially you know what what happened last year in, didn't we see him in pre-season going through drills of like how to uh, get knocked over properly so he wasn't like taking too many knocks to the head I yeah I believe so yeah I, I if you're talking about hard knocks I think I haven't watched 
Uh, oh, I, I, I watched the first from, episode. It would have just been from social media to be. Oh, with. okay. I'm sure it was people taking the piss out of like, oh, they used to be teaching QBs how to slide videos, and now there's teaching QBs how to fall over correctly. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that. I didn't see that. Um, but yeah, uh, an interesting game, and the Bills wrap up the AFC East for I think it's the sixth year in a row. Yeah, interesting times. Um, but yeah, 21-14. Not a decisive, like, mega win. Um, but yeah, that leads us to the play- the final playoff picture. Uh, the AFC, as we've discussed, the Ravens have the number one seed uh, and that crucial uh, wildcard weekend by week. Uh, the second seed, Bills. The third street seed, Chiefs. Fourth is the Texans, uh, fifth is the Browns, sixth is the Dolphins, and seventh is the Steelers. Um, massive game for them to get into there. Uh, and I think 17th year in a row that they have had a winning season. Incredible. Uh, in the NFC, the 49ers are the first seed, Cowboys are the second, the Lions uh, taking that third seed. Fourth is obviously your Buccaneers uh, with that very disappointing win over Carolina. Uh, the fifth is the Eagles, the sixth is the Rams, and the seventh is the Mighty Mighty Packers um, going into it. So now we're going to move on to the preview of the Super Wildcard Weekend. Um, this is going to be a very, very interesting uh, start to this. Um, so much like we did last year, we have two games on Saturday, three games on Sunday, and one game on the Monday um, so the first game to play is the Browns and the Texans. So the fifth and the fourth seed of the N of the AFC. Um, this could be a, a really, really important game. Um, Flacco leading the Browns, that awesome Browns defense going up against that kind of what I described earlier as a fearless Houston Texans. Um, with a young head coach, or sorry, a first-year head coach, rookie quarterback, quite a, a young, talented team. Um, Smith, give me your opinions on this before I then give mine. Um, who do you think is going to win it, and what do you think the difference maker is going to be? I mean, Flacco is having a great season for the Browns, and obviously, the, this is the this is one of the teams who have that defense to back up their strength. Um, yeah. My only issue slash concern really with Flacco is he has had a problem with turnovers regardless mm-hmm. of what he's won. And I think... Um, okay, so they're not out. Um, obviously, running back-wise, they've got two out of their three questionable and uh, Amari Cooper is still questionable. But apart from that, most of their team is pretty like healthy offensively. Um, from what they've had whilst he's been playing there. So I don't think there's a massive um, issue there. Like I said, yeah, defense is strong so they can back it up. But this, yeah, this Houston team, like you said, they've got this fearless nature about them. I just don't know if 
because of the pressure the defense can put on and CJ Stroud maybe trying to play a bit more smart because you know if they are going to go far in the playoffs they're going to need CJ Stroud yeah they're going to want to minimize anything that could you know risk injury to him yeah so it it could literally be going into this game that if you see any if you notice any defender get within arm's reach of you throw it away or you know ground it yeah do not take a hit type thing so I think you know like you've described them as fearless but I think we could see a bit of that possibly um, not in effect just to be like I said they're gonna have to be really protective over Stroud for this game yeah yeah I completely agree with you because I say if he gets knocked out now it could potentially affect the start of their next season um but I just I just there's something about him that goes right I hear what you're saying coach however I'm here to win and that's what I'm gonna try and do um and he's just gonna I think he's gonna go for it a lot more I think we could see a lot more of what we saw in the previous game where it's like right we're just gonna go these deep passes because we know they've got a like a pretty fearsome um, defensive line um, and we're just going to try and beat that with you know a couple of quick passes and then deep passes sort of thing um, but yeah I do think that we're going to see uh, you know that, that that defensive line really start to test the Texans O-line um, and like just looking at the depth chart at the moment as well, like like I said, you know, uh, one of Flacco's issues has been turnovers. Yeah. Um, I th- don't know if that will be as big as an effect because what I'm seeing at the moment is pretty much the entire Texans starting D line at the moment, like both tackles to edge rushers. If they had you know a four man lineup, yeah, all questionable at the moment. Okay. Um, and we've already, you know, we've already seen that this O line for the Browns is one of the better O lines in the NFL at the moment. Yeah. Um, so it it could be a thing that, you know, Flacco isn't under too much pressure, so he can wait for his his good connections to get open. Um, so yeah, I think that I think that Houston backfield, who don't get me wrong, have had ex- exceptional games in you know getting in front of that ball to deflect or. Uh, intercept they're really going to have to step up this game yeah yeah. I think this is probably going to be one of the more even of the playoff games um, <coughs> but yeah I uh, personally I think the Browns are going to uh, are going to do it um, I think this this young team is going to learn you know that the playoffs are a bit of a different beast, but that uh, they are. So I say they're they're going to build confidence by this being their first season going into it. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I'm, I can't remember how many years it is as well, but I know they're like it might even be first in history or something. Yeah. Um, that this is the first time a rookie QB and rookie head coach have gone. Oh, like your first season head coach and first season QB have gone to mm. the playoffs. Yeah. 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 Um, 
Did you say who you thought was going to win? Sorry, I, I, I was looking at a couple of tabs. Yeah. Um, I didn't say who I thought was going to win. Like, okay. like you said, this looks like it's one of the hardest ones to yeah decide out of this season. Mm. I think just because of the injury and yeah, them, them having some, they've got so many players on their their team still questionable. I'd have to go with Cleveland for this one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Completely fair. Completely fair. Um, just to reiterate before we go too far into this, what we are going to be doing is talking about the uh, the predictions and all that kind of stuff in our next episode where we talk about the games that didn't affect these matchups. Um, so we'll do the uh, unveiling of the final scores, reveal who our picks were for the games we've talked about today, and then wrap up all of that good stuff in the next one. Uh, our, um, we don't do predictions past week 18, so uh, we are now just free to talk about these as much as we want um, and throw out our predictions and just think about it, and it doesn't mean anything. Quick little um, factoid about the Texans as well, or at least yep. their head coach, DeMarco Ryan. Um, final season playing as a Texans player, they were division champions. First season as Texans head coach. Division champions. Mm. How far did they go in that first season? Uh, his first season as a player. Oh, I have no idea. This is on Instagram, so it just says that it doesn't have any details. Okay. They could have gone out in the first round. <laughs> and I don't okay. Know. Um, okay. There we go then. Okay, we're going to move on to our second game on Saturday, uh, which is technically Sunday for us in the UK. Uh, this is the Miami Dolphins going to Arrowhead to take on the Chiefs. Um, this could be a very interesting matchup as Dolphins going in, you know, on a bit of a losing streak, um, some injuries on the team, and then the Chiefs are going in with a, a team that I'm not a hundred percent sure will be as confident as they are as they would have been in years gone past. Um, uh, you know, they've won their division once again, but. Their wide receiver core is not great. You know, it almost seems to be that their main offensive threat is Isaiah Pacheco. Chris Jones has got a great season uh, for their defensive line. And they're really galvanized around that defense. But they have got a tough task ahead of them, uh, taking on the Miami Dolphins. Um, I'm really not sure about this game. This... Uh, this feels like it's going to be a bit of a letdown, whereas years gone by, it would have been a massive, massive game. Uh, Smith, run me through this. What are your thoughts? So, yeah, the, after we've just talked about that past game, there's definitely issues on the Dolphins' side because of you know players missing and mm. um, a lot of things like that. But um, also, I think one of the big, biggest factors in this game is going to be the weather. Yeah, I know Kansas City isn't the like hottest place or anything, but they're going to be a lot more used to it than the Dolphins are because um, it's apparently you know Fahrenheit wise going to be either between like zero or to minus nine Fahrenheit. Wow, it could be the coldest NFL game ever played. Um, yeah, them them going to Arrowhead is really going to affect them. I think. 
um, especially, you know, if it's a cool game, I think one of the things that you do rely on is a bit more of the run game. With most that being out and them just to re rely on um, a, a chan, a chain, mm -hmm. um, it you know, it really limits your options and it really you know helps the the opposition's defense out. Um, and not to mention, you know, if you're going to put it all on one player, if he goes out and you've got not you've not really got a, a good backup plan, you're a bit fucked. Um, the hill like sort of I don't even you know, it's not a revenge game or anything. Mm. But, you know, Hill going to Arrowhead to play in this I don't know if it's gonna make him step up or it's just gonna ha you know, defenders are gonna be the ones that step up to take him out type thing. Sorry, did you say this could be the coldest NFL game? Uh I said that year did you do you just mean this year possibly that um i'm just trying to remember what i saw somewhere it possibly okay. said coldest this year okay that's fine then because i was like i'm pretty sure the packers cowboys game also dubbed the ice bowl would like to comment <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, I, I think this could be a very interesting game. Um, I, I don't really buy into the hill revenge sort of thing. Um, but as I say, if he has a good game, that's all you're going to hear about it. Um, I'm kind of favoring the Dolphins in this because I believe they've got the better backup plan for mm -hmm. if, um, you know certain things go wrong whereas i believe if if mahomes can't get it to his wide receivers um then they become a very two-dimensional team relying really on pacheco uh, and potentially edward teller um and i believe that the dolphins have a a very a good plan in place to shut down their receivers um how about you Yeah, I I agree with that. Um, yeah, I think no matter who they've been against this season, their only standout receiver has been Rasheed Rice. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, he, he is a rookie. This is his first time uh, going into you know this big, uh, caliber sort of game. Um, yeah, yeah. I I don't know what else to to add. No, no, that's fair. Yeah, completely fair. Completely fair. In that case, we'll just move on then. Uh, so the first of the official Sunday games is going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers going to Buffalo uh, to take on the Bills. Um, these are two teams used to playing in the cold. Buffalo's looking to be that cold weather as well. Um, Pittsburgh bit of momentum maybe bit of you know their running backs finding their way mason rudolph in that kind of like driver's seat could he be the guy uh josh allen and the bills coming into this with a lot of good momentum good um you know positive impact play um could potentially be you know on that 
that wave. And I say, with the positivity of them winning the AFC East once again, uh, could we see that really turn into um, an yeah, into progress? Um, Bills, I think, have the more complete team. Um, they've got the, you know, obviously with the injury to TJ Watt, potentially the better of the uh, secondaries and. Um, yeah, the, I think the key point for this will be whether the O-line can stop uh, Hayward and Highsmith. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Losing what is a big uh, a big thing. But yeah, it, it's, it's one of them. I think because of what being out, it just... The only thing that, to me, it's going to open up more of is either, you know, some screen passes to... Cook, mm-hmm. um, or some runs by him, or well, like you know the previous game, Josh Allen using his body himself to try and like bully through. Yeah. Um, the only thing I'm kind of concerned about is you know that Steelers backfield. I think their ability to uh, defend the pass and just sometimes just you know pull interceptions out of nowhere against Josh Allen, who has been quite consistent with throwing interceptions I feel like there's there's going to be points where just like in that Dolphins game they're going to look like they're about to put some points on the board Yeah, and then it, it fuck up um, yeah that's my biggest concern with this one really is in, inconsistency slash consistency mm-hmm. with Josh Allen um, because it, yeah it, it's one of them you I think he has um, refined his accuracy accuracy a bit more. Yeah. But it's still that I'm gonna I'm still I'm gonna try for that pass. Yeah. I'm gonna force that pass through, and it not always pay off. So he is being accurate. He's just being a bit careless with it, type thing. Um, and yeah, the, the the Steelers defense, even without TJ Watt, is still a scary defense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. If yeah, if they've proved anything this season, it's just the fact that you know that line has always been, always been a big thing with Hayward and TJ Watt there. All they've done this season is prove that that, that backfield is just as scary for throwing the ball to. Um, yeah, and even if you know you get past that line, those back those guys in the backfield they're gonna like sprint at you full force and put a fucking shoulder into you, <laughs> and it could possibly hurt just as much as a a TJ Watt arm around you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but um, yeah, the run game may have stepped up for the Steelers these past few games, but I don't know if I'm, I have faith in it. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, the overwhelming majority seems to be thinking that the Bills are going to win this. Mm-hmm. I don't. I I can absolutely see this. As I say they've they've got you know the better record. They've got the the more complete team. That injury. To, they haven't got the, the injuries to key players like the Steelers have. I don't think the Steelers are down and out in this game because I, I think they'll be going into this with a bit of belief behind them. They'll be, you know, they'll they'll be trying to, to, to go for this in, 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 you know, not to be sounding too obvious, but yeah, this, this will be kind of a, we've got nothing to lose at this point game. This can cap off our season quite well. Um, but yeah, I think... 
I think this will be a tighter game than most would predict, but yeah, I think the Bills are gonna are gonna take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's one of them, like as scary as that defense is. The offense is 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 still way too inconsistent for me to put any faith in. Unfortunately, yeah. Whereas, yeah. like you said, the B- Buffalo, although there are some issues that do show up game to game, they have the more complete package. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, we're going to move on to our 9.30 game on Sunday, and this is going to be the Green Bay Packers going to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. Uh, Massive histories between these two franchises. Um, And, yeah, you know... The thing is, from a Packers perspective, I know I've been talking to quite a lot of uh, people, um, this is a bonus this is a bonus um, for for this. Um, we didn't expect to win as many games as we probably have. Uh, we didn't know what we were going to have on offense. Our defense has been mismanaged. This is a bonus for us. Um, and as I say, I'm pretty damn happy. Um, okay. Uh, I'm pretty damn happy for this uh, to, to be a game that we're going to play. Um... I think, I mean, obviously that the Cowboys have a high-scoring offense. I think um, their their defense is mega. They have a lot of good dudes on those on that defense. Um, this is going to be a very very tough game for the Green Bay Packers and potentially a. Uh, I mean, this is kind of a a bit of a, a rivalry, a matchup. Mike McCarthy used to obviously uh, head coach the Green Bay Packers. Um and it's gonna be it's it's gonna be a tough one. It's got he's leading a very good you know generation of the Dallas Cowboys that have been underperforming. Um, I'm I'm quietly confident about this Green Bay Packers team. I think they're a bit more resilient. Um, now that they've kind of completed their first regular season together, um, we can see the excitement. Um, that that offense is putting together and the defense while still under the helm of Joe Barry I think a lot of those dudes are able to put a good game together Dallas are just I I, I don't even want to say juggernaut on on offense Mm. just I I think you know the the old line is has just been giving Prescott so much protection the the pressure hasn't really got to him uh, yeah. this season, which is why he's able to find so many receivers so much. Because one of the things we were thinking going into is that Tony Pollard was going to have an amazing fucking season. He's mm-hmm. not. He's no. not. And it's not even been like, like you know, the other seasons where we were like, Ezekiel Elliott's having a shit season, but Pollard, the backup, he's having an amazing season. The backups haven't had a good season either. It's just been a bad season for their run game. Um, or at least not as effective as it should have been. Whereas the past game has been their pretty much bread and butter this season. And as much as as, as good as you know that last game was, mm-hmm. I don't know how much want how much of that pressure you're going to be able to put on. Yeah. And two, if you, even if you can put pressure on, do you have the backfield to? One, either stop the pass, or two, just shut it down where it lies. 
It's a great question. It's a great question. I don't I don't think we do. I think Jair Alexander is having one of his worst seasons and potentially starting his decline. Eric Stokes is out. Darnell Savage has not been the guy. We've also traded away Russell Douglas. Um, I think our secondary is potentially part of our weakest part of the defence. So, you know, we have guys up there that are willing to get involved and willing to smack down passes, but I don't know that it's going to be enough to stop the likes of C.D. Lamb or Jake Ferguson. Um, you know, those are... I say C.D. Lamb is is a once-in-a-generation talent in... in in my opinion, you say it, it's. I say it's part of what I was saying earlier. This this generation of Cowboys players is is quite special at this point, and I think CD Lamb is one of those kind of epitome of uh, of how good it, this team can be. So I'd be very surprised. Um, you know, if if he doesn't get a hundred yards on us, um, potentially even more. Um, so yeah, I think this is going to be a very tough game. I'm not really sure how to comment on it, um, but I, as I say, I've got I've got faith that the Green Bay Packers are not going to embarrass themselves. I mean, um, I know honestly, it's it's hard to unfortunately go with the Packers on this one. What? As well as, as, well as the as they've played, I think you know their years are going to come. They've not got to the. The, like I, I would, I think I'd love it if they did, especially beating out the Cowboys. Cause I just think that's funny for the Cowboys to go out the first round. Um, yeah, I, I think I'd have to go Dallas with this. Also, just whilst I was going for those that small amount of time, I did just see a thing that like since the playoffs have been like expanded. I don't know what that means. Um, the seven seeds are zero and six. So the expansion happened, I think, at the year we started this podcast. Um, so you had the extra game in the season and also the extra uh, playoff spot. So the playoffs used to be just six teams go through. Um, two, uh, two, two teams got the bye, so the first and second teams got the bye. And then you had the obviously the third seed playing the sixth seed and the fourth seed playing the fifth seed. And then the two uh, would go in. So that's the expansion process. Okay, well, yeah. Since we've been recording, seven seeds have been zero and six. So, ah, no. Fate's not going to happen. Side either. Nah, it's not going to happen. Are you telling me that we're not going to go to the Cowboys' home and you know the the team that hasn't lost at home in sixteen straight games? You're thinking they're going to beat the Green Bay Packers? <laughs> no. Again, I completely understand. You know, every everything is on the Dallas side, um, but it's not it's not set in stone until the day is done. Um, but yeah, the last game of Sunday is the LA Rams uh, going to Detroit to take on the Lions. Uh, this is a massive game. As you'll remember, quite a few years ago, uh, the Rams and the Lions traded quarterbacks Jared Goff and uh, Matt Stafford. Um, Matt Stafford's already won with uh, the LA Rams, got his first Super Bowl uh, a couple of years ago. And now it's time to see what team has progressed. Obviously, we know uh, the Rams' strategy has always been kind of putting together a win-now franchise, and the Lions have steadily built themselves up. Um, this is going to be a great game. I think this might actually be the best game of the week. Um, as two teams, you know, who have... 
really fantastic players on their teams, you know, with Pukendakua, Cooper Cup, um, going against the likes of Jamar Gids, uh, Amon Ra St. Brown. Um, you know, this is going to be a very, very good D, uh, team. Um, and then you've got the, the two defensive studs as well. You know, you've got Aaron Donald and uh, Aiden Hutchinson, uh, you know, trying to go from there. Um, I think this is, as I say, I think this is going to be the best game of the week. Uh, Smith, give me your take on it. Yeah, so my, my biggest thing on this would be um, the Rams' defense putting pressure on Goff. Mm-hmm. I feel like Goff is less productive than Stafford is under pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, with the guys that Stafford has to throw to, it's, it is ridiculous. Like you've just said, both sides have ridiculous offensive names in there. Yeah. It's, yeah, it is. This is looking like... Like, th- this and the Cleveland game, both, I think, are the hardest ones to predict. Mm-hmm. But this one looks to be the, like, the, the Cleveland one game could end with like really minimal points it you know defenses just shutting each other out type thing mm-hmm. or turnovers this like this is going to be like an offensive masterclass yeah oh god it's it's it's, it's one of them and like i don't know what to say about it because i'm like oh this counteracts that but this is really good. It could pay off type thing. <laughs> and, you know, like you said, Cooper Cup, Nakua, Atwell, yeah. Higby's been great. Karen Williams on the ground. Royce Freeman's been backing him up. And then, you know, Detroit side, Amon Ra, um, Jamar Gibbs, Montgomery, Laporta, Khalif Raymond, Josh Reynolds. They've, they've all had great seasons. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think this game literally will land on how well the QBs perform yeah, and pretty yeah. much nothing else because, like you said, I think we, we've been a bit lackluster on learning the Rams' defense because we thought they were going to be down and out for a few years. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they, made, they got it to the fucking playoffs. They've got yeah, they've got some good good guys on there. Same on Detroit side. Yeah, it's, it's really hard to see who will come out on top. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's quite possible that whoever puts up the points first, mm-hmm. it's just gonna be gonna be one of them. Like, you put points up, we put points up. You put points up. Whoever gets there first, and you know, or, or the fastest, I should say. Yeah. Giving you know, leaving as much time on the clock for them to get that last score in. It's yeah. Hard one to talk about. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's not even like their injury reports of like you know giving away who might be him and who might be not. Um, the notable ones for me is both tight ends for the team, Sam Laporta and Tyler Higby, are both questionable um, for this. Um, yeah, this is. I say this is gonna be this is gonna be very interesting. Um, people seem to be giving the advantage to the Lions, and I can kind of see why. Um, given their, um, you know, regular season record and, um, you know, injury record from the kind of start of the season. Um, I'm not 100% sure I agree with it, but yeah, I, uh, you know, it's it's only a marginal uh, difference. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think the way that we thought Los Angeles would be, or the, the Los Angeles Rams would be this season, mm-hmm. they've obviously outperformed our expectations. Yeah. But I think them, a bit like the Packers, are in this sort of mode at the moment where we're still going to be strong, but we're actually still building towards something. Yeah. Whereas Detroit, like you said, have been doing that steadily over the past few years, so they might only have like this year and another year left of we building up to this dominant side. Yeah. Type yeah. Thing. True. So they're they're the ones that are, they're the ones that are more like we have to win this year. Type. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, the big thing about this game, obviously, the Rams sat a lot of their starters in Week 18. The Lions chose to field a full team of starters. Um. Do you think that's going to have an impact, or do you think that's just going to buy into that like Dan Campbell mentality of like we don't stop until we earn a break, sort of thing? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, like, Det- yeah, Detroit have been very much down in the trenches. Like, yeah, like you said, they don't get, they don't take a break until they feel like they they've earned one. Hmm. Where Los Angeles did play it quite safe. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's hard. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Currently, my head is telling me that that break is going to potentially make or break the team. It's either going to be like right. You know, it's given Stafford enough time to kind of get to a healthier point. It's given the likes of like Cooper Cup that like second wind to kind of get himself into that kind of mode or it's going to have built up a little bit of rust those guys are not going to be as game sharp as they need to going into this whereas you know the Lions with you know Jared Goff and those guys are going to be like laser focus like we've not stopped we're not going to stop this is it mm-hmm. yeah I think my biggest concern at the moment is Backfield wise, I feel like the Rams do have a better backfield mm-hmm. um, slash secondary, um, and the fact that we've seen a few teams go against the Lions before, where the Lions are, you know, they do have a, a full squad on the field, and the offensive line has been able to sort of negate Hutchinson so much that the QB has just enough time to get that perfect play in place. Like they've, they've yeah. stopped Hutchinson being disruptive. Whereas I think we've seen a few times like he hasn't he maybe hasn't got as you know, been a sack king this season or anything. But he's still been able to disrupt teams. Yeah. Um with Aaron Donald in like up and through the middle and like I said, I don't think we've been giving this defence as much credit as they deserve. And um, actually, you know, <laughs> focusing and learning some things about them. Yeah. But they do have some young players in there. They do have some um, experienced guys who can, you know, they can put an off- offensive line, even a good offensive line, on the back foot. Yeah. And yeah. Like, like I said at the start, I think Stafford's a lot better than Goff under pressure. Um, 
especially, you know, this season, I've seen a few times, you know, when Goff's been under pressure, it has really shook up the team. Mm-hmm. So those defensive lines are going to, they're really going to determine how well these QBs play. And then it is, yeah, like I said before, this game is going to be down to the QB play. Completely, completely. Okay, we're going to move on to the Monday night game, the last game of the week. This is going to be the Philadelphia Eagles going against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, one of the more shocking games. Um, again, much like the opposite of the last game we talked about, the last couple of games we talked about, where you know both teams have got momentum on their side. Um, you know, there's a lot to be, a lot of positives to be said about these two teams. With the Philadelphia Eagles and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I feel like it's going to be who's the least shit on the day. Because um, there's genuinely almost like an era about both the teams where they're like, we could potentially throw this game away and mm-hmm. really not mean to. Yeah. Yeah, I, I completely get what you mean. It's it's one of them where like a, a few games ago we we were like, yeah, Eagles are gonna dominate this game. Mm-hmm. But right now, I'm like, I I don't know what the Eagles are going to do. I don't know if they're going to be the Eagles we expected them to be after you know last season's performance and you know especially keep with them keeping a lot of that that team around them. Yeah. We thought, you know, they were going to be quite some but there's there's been issues that have plagued them these this like end of the season, the last quarter of the season. It's it's like a, a flip of the coin of what Eagles team you're gonna get on the day. Yeah, definitely. But then it's also the same on the Tampa Bay side. The only thing is the Tampa Bay's good side shouldn't well isn't as good as the Eagles good side. If you get a bad Eagles team and a good Tampa Bay team, I'm still unsure if Tampa Bay win that. Yeah. I think if you get a bad Tampa Bay team, uh, yeah, even with a bad Eagles team, I still think the Eagles can win that. Just just from, you know, that Saints game against the Bucks. Yeah. The Saints, the Saints shouldn't have put that many points past you. That, that was a really fucked up game. Um so yeah, it's it's one I think it is literally determined on what Eagles team you get on the day. Mm. If it's bad, you've just got to hope that you know Mayfield has a shit performance. Yeah, yeah. I say it kind of goes back to what I said earlier about the the Buccaneers. They seem to match the levels of the opponent they're playing. Um, so I think if a good Eagles team comes out, we'll see a good Bucks team come out. Um, and go from there. And I just, I'm not a hundred percent convinced that the Bucks are, you know, down and out already. Um, I think, still think there's a lot of talent on this team that can put something special together. I don't know, maybe whether they were saving themselves uh, for this kind of matchup, but I definitely just, I don't know. Not, I'm yeah, not. This not could sure. be that game that, like, we see that Mike Evans connection comeback that's been uh, clearly been targeted by a lot yeah. of teams recently. And yeah, this, this could be the week that 
you know, the Eagles just don't have the head screwed on right. So yeah. Mike Evans is getting the ball a lot more. And when he gets the ball, he either gets it in deep yardage or he's making a lot of yak. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so even that, even that, like, like, what was it? Was it last week or the week before? We were talking about the Eagles, how within the past six weeks, which is when we've said they've lost five out of six games. Yeah. They have ranked 29th in one type of decent defense, which I think might have been like third and down defense. And everything else, defensively, were ranked 31st in the entire NFL. Like, their defense has gone to shit. Um, this, again, like we just said about Mike Mike Evans, this could be a week, a week that Zemir White is just like, you know what? I'm gonna play my heart, and I'm gonna I'm gonna run all over you. Yeah, you should be able to stop me. But I've seen how you played the past few weeks. I'm gonna exploit that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say like say not like I said. I, I think I'm think I'm I'm still like heavily in favor of the Eagles taking this. But some of the like games they've had, it's just been. Even like some of the wins they've had this season, when they've got the wins, it should not have been that close. For the team mm-hmm. that you are and the players that you've got, it should not have been that close. No, no, no. I think yeah, it's it's literally the Eagles beating themselves. They're making way too many mistakes, giving away penalties, letting just that extra yard off the ball. You know. You know, letting players get that extra yard or two away from you, and then because because they've already got that yard or two, they end up picking an extra five, extra ten. It's just stupid things like that. Even you know, f- false starts or what's it fucking called? Um, delay of game. Yeah. But what game was that where they did like three in a row, and then it went to overtime? I think that might have been one of the Giants games. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, they've they've really like been defeating themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um I'm really not sure. Really not sure about this game. So I, I I'm not gonna call this one. Um I know the the favours in the Eagles kind of ballpark, but yeah I'll, I'll, Yeah, I'm not sure. Um but yeah, that's our uh our preview of the super wildcard weekend um either way we're looking forward to uh continuing this uh as we go into uh yeah the post season and then start to get our uh, plans together for the off season so thank you once again for sticking with us dear listener um i hope you've enjoyed this episode um as we're getting back to kind of old school vibes where we uh preview and review in the same episode uh obviously for the next few weeks that is going to be our aim and potentially going to be doing a bit of extra content um alongside our regular episodes and see what happens um yeah, i think i think uh, one of the things that's quite kind of set in stone at the moment is we we've Every single year, there's not been much to talk about Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl wise. Mm. It's just turning into skill competition things. Yeah. So we might have an extra like draft preview episode for you. Ooh. 
That'd be good. Um, so yes, from myself, uh, unusual Greg, unusual underscore Greg on Twitter and on Instagram. He has been Schmidt, which is at DRS underscore nineteen ninety four on Instagram and Instagram only. And briefly, we're joined by Sean Connery though. Uh, don't know if you could hear that. Um, Schmidt's and a Schmidt means Schmidt. Um, but yes, don't forget to follow the podcast at Brick Blitz on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, from myself, it's a go, Pat, go. Brick Blitz. <laughs>